You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to the UFC Vegas 5 live post-fight show here on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. Hope you guys enjoyed the card. It was absolutely chaotic. We had 12 shuffles overall between cancellations and weight misses and fights being called last minute. We had eight fights total. We had 10 low blows. We had a couple of eye gouges and pokes, uh, a couple of fence grabs. We had a little bit of everything today. Two feints as well. I don't know if we ever had two feints on a card, and I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm just trying to add up all the crazy numbers. So on a chaos scale, this is like a 25 for UFC Vegas 5. But in the end, Derek Brunson gets a huge finish of Edmund Shabazi, and we're going to talk all about that with all of you guys. This is your show. It's the People's Post-Fight Show. So if you guys got questions, thoughts, concerns, anything you want to talk about, matchmaking ideas for me and AK for on to the next one, leave them in the comments. We just want to talk to all of you guys, but uh, introducing my co-hosts and cohorts here, we have Alexander K. Lee, we have E. Casey Lydon. Alex, you know what the first question is going to be. It's always the first question. What are we grading this thing from start to finish? Because this is a little more interesting to talk about because we had so many changes and so many crazy things happen in the buildup and then during the fight night itself. I think this is the first time that we can we have to give a card uh, an I. I don't know if I remember people getting those in school. An I, an I for incomplete because this card fell apart. It, it would be almost unfair to judge the quality of the fights and, and the fighters that competed on it and the UFC staff who scrambled to put all this stuff together because they lost fights last, what we thought was the last second on Friday, but that was not the last second. The last second turned out tonight, literally minutes before uh, the first fight of the main card where they lost uh, uh, Trevin Giles and Kevin Holland. So I'm going to go incomplete. It, it was really hard to even think about like afterwards the things that actually happened because I was thinking a lot about the stuff that didn't happen. So uh, we're going with an uh, the, uh, the very first I on our post-fight show. I might have to give it an N, because Spike DeVito just said this fight card <laughs> was quote-unquote nuts. <laughs> well, well, meant, well uh, done, Spike. That means well. multiple things. Well played. Double entendre. You're going with the I. I'm going with like an S+. Plus. So like when I was in elementary school, <laughs> yeah. we would get grades for subjects, but then you'd get like grades for you know, your effort and your conduct and all this stuff. And S was like satisfactory. S minus is like, 
not so satisfactory. S plus, I'll give it an S plus. I'm not going to give it a letter grade, but I think considering all the chaos that ensued, I think the UFC handled themselves very well and was able to put on a nice card. And it's 12.22 a.m. Eastern time, and we're past the post-fight press conferences and on the post-fight show. That deserves the plus in my book. E. Casey Lydon, what do you think, all things considered? This is 2020 entirely. <laughs> this card got a participation ribbon. <laughs> Just a nice ribbon sticking on there. Bring your, have your parents take a photo, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's what this card was. Um, uh, this card was not a good card for the UFC matchmakers as far as building up the bigger bigger fights. Um, obviously, they, were, they wanted – they were Edmund, as far as the – as far as the promotion, they definitely want Edmund to win. I mean, I didn't see one promo talking about Derek Brunson and whatever his his story to get here. It was always about Edmund. So they put a lot of promotional um, time into Edmund. So I'm sure they were um, they were not happy of the results. And um, JoJo losing, I don't think as far as like uh, moving the needle. I don't know if Maya moves the needle more than JoJo. So uh, participation ribbon. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so let's talk about the main event, AK. Derek Brunson gets it done, and we talked about this a lot during the buildup and throughout the week and on Between the Links that Derek Brunson has all has been a hype derailleur. That's what he does. Like He gets put in these positions when he gets to the upper echelon, hasn't really been able to get over that hump. But tonight he kind of had a combination of the two. He could derail a hype train and kind of get over the hump in a main event and in a big spot, and he accomplished both of those things. So your thoughts on Derek Brunson's performance and you know how much his stock may have rose tonight? I think it's, it's, it's I think it should rise more than than some people would think uh, at first glance because uh, no this does not break the other you know Derek Brunson narrative that he can't beat like a top name like Anderson Silva which I did a robbery review I think he did beat him but either way does not have a win over Anderson Silva uh, Yoel Romero um, uh, Jacare Souza twice in his career he's fought him and lost him Robert Whitaker so he uh, Israel Adesanya the current champion so he he get so you know we didn't get to see that yet you know instead this was another can he hold off another prospect uh which he did which he did and and, and he did that to Ian Heinish he did that to uh, Elias Theodoro uh he's done that to, he's done that to other people in the past but you have to watch the fight uh, and we talked about a little bit about this on the uh, during the post-fight press conference you have to watch the fight to really see that he is a, a better fighter uh even than the guy who got first round finishes of like Uriah Hall and uh, Sam Alvey and guys like that he, he just looks so mature and so poised and looks so perfectly equipped to deal with this specific opponent. Like, I, his game planning looked perfect. Um, his approach was perfect from the start. Uh, after com- a competitive first round, it looked like he wore Shabazzian down and took control. So, no, it doesn't change a lot of the major storylines around Derek Brunson's career. But I hope people will actually watch the fight and see like, man, this guy looks – this is as as legit as he's looked as a contender. Yeah, I think you you really started to see him turn the corner in the Ian Heinish fight because I, so it, I mean, obviously this wasn't as big of a fight, not on as like the lights weren't as bright as tonight was on him, but you really got to see how much more improved he's got. Like he wasn't a crazy knockout guy. He wasn't going to meet in the middle and just throw wild hands like he did in the Robert Whitaker fight. This is a composed guy who had a game plan and stuck to it and won. And we've seen that ever since then. And then tonight he really put it all together. Casey, was this the best Eric Brunson you've ever seen at this point? I can't hear you. Oh, Casey, oh, I think sorry. you muted. Oh, sorry, mute, oh. it, mute it, mute it, mute it. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. It's okay. Been there. What are you, you, <laughs> what are you me? What, are you, okay, what you an got, Alex move. He got dunked on. Um, <laughs> oh. 
Um, um, as far uh, sorry. Uh, no, I don't know if this is the best Derek Brunson, but this is this is who Derek Brunson is. He's a very good top ten middleweight, and I and I know Derek Brunson thinks otherwise, but like I just never see Derek Brunson fighting for the title. I just don't. Uh, but I see him. I see him up there. And I see him like like I said when he when he faced those top guys, the Jacques who were never up for a title. But you know the guys, the, the guys who are just printing out top five guys. Derek Brunson just can't beat those guys. And Edmund Shabazian at this point in time isn't a top five fighter. He's a very good prospect who beat the crap out of some other decent middleweights. But um, he just ran into a better fighter tonight, and Derek Brunson showed up. And um, I think he is learning from all those. Uh, reckless performances he's had in his past. I think you match him up with Hermanson and see where he goes. Winner of that. I mean, we got we, we got some big fights coming up at 85. We got the title fight, and then we got Canadair versus Whitaker. So there's still some things that need to happen before the Hermansons or the Brunsons or any of those guys can even sniff a title shot. But I think that's that's what we do next few months, October maybe. We do Brunson versus Hermanson, and if Brunson can have a, a similar performance and finish Hermanson, then we know, like, okay, we got something here. We're uh, we're cooking with fire a little bit. But until then, we gotta we gotta wait and see. But it was a great performance from him tonight, and then Edmund Shabazian is in an interesting place. We're gonna talk more about him on onto the next one, which will drop Monday morning on what could be next for for him. But we'll touch briefly on Edmund AK. Your thoughts on his performance, and you know, sometimes. It's just like college football. Sometimes if you're like in Alabama and you're winning 63 to nothing every week, sometimes you get to run into an LSU and and lose on a last second field goal. And this may have happened here. You got to you need the loss to refuel you. And and maybe that's what happened tonight. So what did you think of Shabazian and, you know, kind of what his mentality might be? Look, he's obviously a great talent. Okay, uh, I think maybe the marking was a little over the top, but but it's also understandable given how many good hooks he has. Twenty-two years old, four and zero in the UFC, unbeaten in his career, three straight first round finishes. Uh, the the Ronda Rousey connection, the the Coach Edmund connection, of course. Uh, so there was there was a lot of good hooks. I and I totally understand. I, and I think he looked good, but uh, for some of the first round, but he really just ran to a guy who knew exactly what to how to make him uncomfortable. You know, he just got right in his face. Um, he didn't let he didn't let Shabazzin get into any sort of rhythm, uh, and and that that frustrated him. And I think so mentally and physically, when the second round came 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 along, uh, it was really Brunson with a major advantage. So I don't think I, I hate to use the word exposes. I hate people say, "Oh, this guy was exposed." Brunson's a very good fighter. He has three times the amount of uh, UFC experience as uh, Edmund Shabazzian. He's 14 years older than him, which is in this case I think is a benefit and not not a bad thing. So. Um, I don't think this should derail the Shabazian hype train that much. I think we could easily see him go on another run. Uh, and, uh, you know, as cliche as it sounds, this is one of those situations where a fighter like him will benefit more from this loss and it happening now uh, in, in the long run. I would agree with that 100%. Uh, some some news to share with everybody uh, from Odin, uh, Orrin Hodak, the manager of Trevin Giles on Twitter, said Trevin Giles will remain at the hospital overnight for further medical evaluation. Thank you to everyone for the thoughts and concerns. So Trevin Giles is going to stick around in the hospital tonight after fainting prior to his scheduled matchup with Kevin Holland, which obviously did not happen tonight. Dana White said it. I confirmed that earlier on the post-fight press conference. Kevin Holland is going to fight next Saturday. Who he's fighting, we don't know yet. There is no opponent yet for Kevin Holland, but expect to see him compete next Saturday against whom? I don't know. 
but that's where we're at right now. So all the best to Trevin Giles, all the best to Joanne Calderwood. We found out that she fainted as well, following her loss to Jennifer Maya. Um, let me see if I can pull that up real quick, just so I can kind of give you guys the, the, the skinny on the Joanne Calderwood situation. Cause that, that came up really suddenly at the press conference, but Ariel Hawani from ESPN, uh, quote from her manager, Daniel Rubenstein. She was getting checked out in the medical room and fainted while sitting down. John Wood, her coach and her fiance caught her. They laid her down and carted her out on a stretcher. Her heart rate dropped on the way there, but stabilized now. She's awake now at the hospital. They don't know what caused it yet. So just a crazy, crazy set of circumstances in multiple different ways tonight, especially that. And we wish all the best to Trevin Giles and Joanne Calderwood. But let's talk about Jennifer Maya, what she did tonight, Alex Kaylee, because wow, comes out of nowhere. Joanne Calderwood is next in line to fight Valentina Shevchenko whenever she's healthy and ready to go. Joanne said, nope, I'm not waiting. I'm going to fight Jennifer Maya instead. And Jennifer Maya made weight, which is huge. And then she went out there and looked fantastic, looked great on the feet. Once that fight hit the ground, Joe, Joe couldn't get anything going. And she ends up submitting Joanne Calderwood via armbar in the first round. And Dana White said at the post-fight press conference, she is going to fight Valentina Shevchenko ASAP, according to Dana White. What did you think of Jennifer Meyer's performance and her chances against someone who many believe is unbeatable at 125 pounds right now? It's almost unfortunate for Maya that this was a little bit like the main event in which uh, I think Joanne Calderwood was clearly perceived, I think, by most of the fans and some of us in the media as well as the A-side because – We've known her for longer. I think she's very much a fan favorite. Uh, she was, uh, she is the number one contender. I mean, she was in talk. I don't remember if it was actually scheduled, but she was supposed she was supposed to fight Shevchenko. That title shot was hers. Then uh, Shevchenko had an injury, and then you know Calderwood said, "Well, I'm not going to wait around. I'm going to take a fight." So now there's this there was a story going into this fight with should JoJo have done this, and, and not a lot of talk about like you know how how good is Maya because her results have been a little bit mixed in the UFC. Uh, she's missed weight her last two fights. That's not something people ever like. Um, um, but Maya is very skilled. She's a former Invicta champion, and she showed her the best version of herself tonight with some very, very sharp boxing. She has legitimate power at 125 pounds, and uh, that ground game was no joke. And, and she was just consistently beating Calderwood to the punch. You know, say what you want. If, if JoJo was off, she shouldn't have taken this fight. That doesn't matter because Maya came fully prepared, uh, and she looked outstanding in the in the in this performance. So she was winning. She was winning the striking. She won on the ground. She finished on the ground. Uh, she's worthy of a title shot. Again, does anyone seem like a worthy challenger to Shevchenko? Probably not right now. So Maya is as good a name as any, I think. Casey, are you surprised that Dana White pulled the trigger on saying yes for Jennifer Maya? She deserves it. She had a great performance tonight, but like. Alex said she has missed weight a couple of times. She missed in her last two fights. So when someone says like she has exercised the demons on the scales because she made it once, I'm not necessarily buying that completely. You do it once. Okay, great. Good job. Do it twice. All right, we're getting there. Do it three times in a row. All right, now we're now we're good to go. You got Cynthia Calvillo, who had that win over Jessica I, and we were discussing this right after that win. If they gave Cynthia Calvillo the title shot, We'd be like, we wouldn't be that shocked about it. But to immediately commit to Jennifer Maya, when Dana White normally doesn't do that, it's always like, we got to get to the meeting on Tuesday, then we'll talk about it. Are you surprised by that? Um, not at all, because I think um, usually when we hear about these, uh, when people, will, like, when the consensus is like, this person should get a title shot, and Dana's kind of like iffy about it, usually it, it revolves around money. But I don't think Jennifer Maya is necessarily a very expensive fighter. So I think uh, what she, I think, I think her asking price is going to be reasonable to take that championship fight against Shevchenko. 
And um, yeah, not surprised. And um, she deserves it. And uh, as far as the um, the weight cut thing, um, take note. She she didn't make just weight. She made a championship weight, and she came in Correct. under championship weight. And um, I do think that was on purpose. And um, I've seen Jennifer Maya fight many times in Invicta. And as far as I recall, I don't. I, I never recall her missing weight in Invicta. So I just think you know. These things happen, you know. She wanted missing weight, and um, but even in her, in her losses in the UFC, like I don't like when she lost against Chikagian and Carmouche, wasn't like she was blown out of the water. And those are two women who fought for the title too. So Maya absolutely deserves a title shot, and um, just poor JoJo, man. She she rolled the dice, and um, sucks. And then you run Calvillo versus Lauren Murphy, and I there like you that go. Fight, yeah, that sounds great. There you go. We got one. We got one twenty-five match made for you yeah, yeah. already. We're good to go. Hey Dana, uh, why why can't Dana uh, give Aljamain Sterling the same courtesy that he gave Jennifer <laughs> Myton? Though I think Casey, though I think Casey may have already answered that question. Uh, so if anyone wants to answer to that, maybe just go back and review what he said yeah. uh, about the reasons why sometimes people don't get named the number one contender right away. So yes, I'm but just if you saying, actually, but if you actually watched the post-fight press conference with Dana White after UFC two fifty. He did say Aljamain Sterling was next. What? He said it. Yes. He said, yep, why, he's next. Why is he waffling on it now? Yes, the tune has changed. He has changed mm-hmm. not only the tune, but the whole CD, the whole radio station. Yeah. Changed <laughs> the presets and everything on this whole situation at 135. <laughs> it's absolutely bananas. Absolutely bananas. Now we got Garbrandt thinking of dropping a 25. Manel Cape wants to fight Cody Garbage. I love it. So we got a lot of <laughs> a lot of good stuff going on all wow, over. Wow, Cody Garbage. Whoa. Yes. Hashtag what the heck. <laughs> Vicente Luque got a bonus tonight. Derek Brunson did not get a bonus, by the way, but Vicente Luque got a bonus. Jennifer Maya got a bonus, and then the fight at night went to Bobby Green versus Lando Venata. AK, I know you were very impressed by Vicente Luque and his finish tonight. Share it with us. Share your enthusiasm for Vicente yeah, Luque. Yeah, I mean, win. I didn't realize what had happened at first. Uh, I knew it was a clean knee. That that was not in question, I think. So people who saw uh, he had, a, who, or who didn't see, I just say, or just n- don't recall the finish, he had uh, Randy Brown up against the fence. Randy Brown was kind of punched over, almost in that four-point you know, kind of four point position, but not quite. And uh, Luque recognized that uh, he was he was somewhat vulnerable to a knee. And before Randy Brown could drop all the way down, Luque kind of got his hands. I don't know if on his face or kind of on his upper body and his shoulder to keep him from from touching the mat, leaving him just a very small window to land a knee. Uh, Luque shot it right in there, uh, right right to the chin, and uh, and that was it. And then just a few follow up shots, it was over. So it's you don't see that kind of wherewithal, uh, that kind of uh, forethought. I should say, I'm sorry, that kind of forethought very often. Uh, especially in a moment like that where you get you get it wrong, you're getting a point taken or, or disqualified. But uh, Luque is the elite of the elite when it comes to finishing fights. And only guys with that kind of ability uh, can find a finish in that situation. So that was that was uh, I don't know if it was more deserving of a bonus than Brunson, but it was a very, very good finish. Yeah, I think with especially with all the fight cancellations, they all should have got a bonus. All of them. Brunson, Maya, Luque, then the fight of the night. And if Jonathan Martinez had made weight, he should have got a bonus as well. But yeah, what didn't. are they doing? What are they doing with this money that they're saving exactly? So uh, uh, can, can I just jump to this, Michael? I'm I'm a little disgruntled. Sure, yeah, I would too. love to. Me too. Love so <laughs> our own Stephen Morocco tweeted this out, and, and there were other other reports, but our own Stephen Morocco wrote that uh, he just heard Dana White personally called Ed Herman. Oh, sorry, this is the wrong. This is the wrong thing. He, <laughs> this is another topic. This is another topic. But Stephen Morocco also mentioned uh, that the from the press conference that some that the fighters got who didn't fight tonight because of uh, various reasons, got some money, 
but not all of their money. Um, now, first I'll say, obviously, the plan I imagine would be to reschedule these fighters as quickly as possible. That's usually the justification that Dana White and the UFC gives for why they might not pay someone uh, their full pay. Like, oh, we'll get them another fight in a couple of weeks. But for I just understand they did their job. They did what everything they were required to do. Uh, like Kevin Holland, he did everything he was required to do for his fight tonight. Uh, pay the man his show money. Uh, that's what I would say if I was Kevin Holland. F you, pay me mother effer, and book me another fight next weekend, and pay me again. You can afford it. The UFC can afford it. People, I'm, I'm sorry. I know. I know. You, either we we live in this uh, this world where people say, oh, you should have to. You got to earn. Uh, you know, you got to earn your pay. But these people, and you're right. You got to earn your win money. But your show money. The he, most of these fighters did that. Hey, Kevin Holland showed up and weighed in. Ed Herman showed up and weighed in. Pay these people. This is ridiculous. Okay. Casey, I know you forgot some things to say, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here before we go to you because the question that was asked to Dana White at the press conference was, will Kevin Holland get his win money? And Dana said, he's going to get, no, he's going to get some money and then we're going to turn him around. So I don't think the word show money mm. no, he came out. Show, he did say show he money. Said, he, said, he said they won't be, he said it's not their show he money. Said, oh, he did say that. Okay. Because yeah, okay. I know the question was win money. I heard some money. I didn't hear. Whether or not it was yeah, show money. Yeah, so. and the very end, he he did say show money. So I'm that they won't get show money. They will not. I'm pretty. Oh wow. I'm pretty confident. So of that. devil's advocate yeah. gone. But either way, I, I just I just think it's um, like even the guys who um like Mearshart, guys who made weight, did everything they're supposed to do. These they can't. They can't. We're we're living in we're living in a pandemic era. Like, can you imagine like if. In these NBA players or MLB players, like they if they get the virus, they still get paid. You know, I just I just feel bad for these guys because this is completely out of their control. Like Mearshart probably got it at in in the bubble because he because when they arrive uh, to Vegas, they get tested, then they get tested way in day, then they get tested uh, on the fight day. So in between then and then, somehow he got it. So does that mean he got it in the bubble? You know, in the little UFC fight week bubble. So I mean, it's it's guys. You need you need to freaking get some sort of unionize unionize or something and figure out like because this is gonna be a big issue come for until this pandemic is done with, which I I feel like we're gonna you have another year of this maybe if we're I don't know who knows, but that's another issue. But um, these guys need to get paid, and uh, I just think it's really unfair that a lot of these guys aren't getting paid. And you know what? In the UFC by contract or whatever, yeah, they don't have to pay them. That's on, that's on them. But um, not having to and what you should do is something different. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with, with both of you guys. I just don't know. We don't really know, like, really, like what he said. Like, we don't know if, like, maybe Dana offered them be like, like, maybe Mearshot's probably like a different story altogether because yeah. he's not going to be fighting anytime soon. But maybe he, like, went to Holland and maybe went to Herman and Perez and said, listen, We'll give you the choice. I'll give you some money now and you can fight next Saturday and get a chance to get your win money too and you'll get this. Uh, or you can just take your show money and go home and yeah. you can fight later. And maybe but they, they, should, said, but they, should, they shouldn't have to choose though. That's the thing. This shouldn't I, no, even I be agree a choice, right? Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so, this is the pandemic world we're in. I'll, I'll, I'll read the other thing I was reading up before by accident that, Steve, that Morocco said just because we were still talking about how these fights were canceled. Uh, that Ed Herman <laughs> was, supposed to, was supposedly they want to see if they can make uh, – because Ed Herman lost uh, his opponent. He lost Gerald, Mir lost, uh, Gerald Mearshart as an opponent and uh, Kevin Holland lost Trevin Giles. So apparently Dana White did call Ed Herman and asked him if he could take the fight. And Herman, uh, as Steve Morocco, already had drinks in hand uh, and was out of the bubble, so to speak. So no dice. Um, 
So that would be that was kind of weird. It, again, weird really sums up everything that's happened in the last 48 hours. Yeah, because that was what like once we found out because Holland and, and Giles supposed to be the first first fight on the main card. So by the time we found out that Mirshar was out, that was what at like 5:30 Eastern time. That's like three and a half hours, and no fighter on earth could be like, oh, maybe maybe someone will faint and I'll have the opportunity to fight. So Ed Herman was probably like, get me a beer, give me a. A nice cold Herman Weiser. I'm going to suck that thing down and give me another uh, there one. Is, and another there one. is one, there is one guy, uh, uh, Hamzat uh, Shemaev. Uh, oh, it's the kind of guy who would who would just immediately go back to the locker room. I feel like and just sit down and watch the monitors and be like, just wait, just tell me, just let me know, just let me know, just give me, <laughs> yeah, just let me know. Because uh, he definitely that's crazy. It, what's crazy is I feel like if he was if this is something that has happened last week, I don't think the commission would have allowed it, but he would have been jumping at the chance to fight Kevin Holland or something like that. So just crazy. That'd be a fun fight. Hey, hey, you know, really, but I, I want to really give the UFC um, Dana some credit, though. Um, the fact that they did try to get Herman that fight, and like, can you imagine if the UFC booked a a high level UFC fight in like in fifteen minutes or something like that? It was like I'd be, I'd be all yeah, for it. Yeah, I mean, I'd like, be all for that, that that would be taken to the next level from our expectations of UFC filling in fights. But um, unfortunately, uh, yeah, Ed Herman was decided a part. Oh, you know. You, you, you said the story, <laughs> but, but I texted, I texted Holland's manager and I said, I said, all I have to say to you is this, please make this happen. Please make this happen. And then he goes, no, Herman's already had beers. I'm told. So he won't be fighting tonight. I'm like, oh man, that would have been amazing. Oh my God. That's Ed Herman's music. Where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> and that's Kevin Holland's music. Holy shit. Unreal. And look, Gilbert Burns was in the building. He's probably around 185 right now. I you just, you could throw him in there. I was waiting for James Krause's music. Yeah. To <laughs> Cause I know he threw his name out there. He goes, Hmm, I, I think somebody needs a middleweight. Hey, you know what? If the world goes even more wacky as it are, than it already is. I can see in a couple months where the UFC just calls about 30 fighters. Hey guys, stay in shape. And then the night, in the night of the fight, we just find out who's fighting by the music, you know, just, yeah, <laughs> it'd be so it's exciting. Like, uh, like battle bowl, like yeah. Starcade battle bowl. You just sit in the back and they pull name, they, they wheel the thing up and they start pulling names out and then you yeah. come down and fight. I love that idea. That'd and be you, awesome. de- you definitely throw Habib and Tony's name in there just in case, because yeah, maybe, maybe that's the only way that fight happens. You know, I mean, like, I mean, I, I is, is, I mean, quarter serious in the sense that, I mean, of this whole card, how many of these fights actually the fighters had a traditional fight camp? You know, give it like three weeks, four weeks. I mean, I'm not even like, you know what I mean? Like both sides, a, a, a side and the B side, both had a traditional, both sides. yeah, a, tra- a, a traditional, you know, four week fight camp. I, I, I mean, just, look, probably just the main event. And look, this was as close as you guys were talking about to literally just having guys just jump in. I mean, again, we talked, we we had. Uh, Vincent Cachero, less uh, essentially one day's notice. Johnny Munoz, essentially one day's notice. Uh, uh, Charles Ontiveros was going to jump in and fight uh, Marcus Perez, but uh, for whatever reason was not cleared by the commission. I think I think couldn't make weight, probably couldn't make the weight safely. Um, so that was three people who were about to fight on one day's notice. So this whole random draw idea is not that crazy, <laughs> uh, actually, given what we just saw. I love it. We're just I mean, we're shaking even, things up. Until even uh, Sarah Kaufman, when she was when in our interview with her on A side, she said, "Well, part of the reason why I'm in Vegas helping up JoJo's camp is because I'm on weight right now, so I can fill in for any 45 or 35 fight." So I mean, like, so fighters are obviously this is out there. They're thinking this, you know. So managers are like, if you're just a fighter sitting around looking for a contract, try to be within, you know, yeah, just 
Start hitting the treadmill right now. <laughs> That's all like Ger- Gerald Harris said he's going out to Vegas next week and he's going to be ready. The Terry Funk of MMA. <laughs> uh, by the way, Sarah Kaufman uh, also said that uh, she does. She also said that she does not drink milk and that she hates milk. So we should take things that Sarah Kaufman says with a grain of salt. Okay. Uh, shout out YouTube comments. Shout out all my milk lovers out there. All right. Just leave a comment if you like milk uh, or if you can find the milk emoji. Throw that one in there. Uh, milk rules. <laughs> Kurt Angle of MMA fighting. Alex I am, yeah, 100%, 100%. Drink your milk, everyone. Uh, can I just say that I think the MVP, the MVP of the night was Bobby Green. He was awesome. Performance was great. The Triple H spit out the water after his name was announced. It's like he knew it was coming. It spit that was it out. Dis- that was the COVID thing. Yeah, yeah. Mid COVID, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, like, 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 like the cameraman <laughs> got ninety percent of that water. <laughs> Toast. And the post fight interview was was tremendous too. Bobby Green is Bobby Green is slowly becoming one of my like favorite fighters to to keep an eye on. After uh, oh. these last two performances and everything that happened, that fight with Lando was great. But uh, Bobby Green, my MVP, second place, Gilbert Burns gets a gets a corner victory. It gets a tran- a plus translation tonight for Jennifer Maya. Did great, and I, oh, I had a third one too. I forgot who my third one was. Maybe maybe Brendan Fitzgerald for his amazing different different statements every time there was a uh, a low blow tonight. Oh, <laughs> and there were so many. There were so many. Ten. ten low blows. How, how did eight fights? The UFC has changed so much over the years. Like we had ten low blows tonight, and I didn't hear the one mention of Diamond Cup. <laughs> no one mentioned. Uh, and we actually, we actually had a point taken away for a low blow. When was the last time you've seen that? One, one point out of ten low blows. Think about that. <laughs> ten low blows, and there was one time it was penalized. So fighters, I hate to keep saying it, but uh, Jed Mishu and I always preach this. But fighters out there, take note of what you can get away with. Okay, there was ten low blows in this card, and uh, only one point got taken away. So we're just saying. Yep, just saying. eye pokes, fence grabs, only one point. Use the whole. Away. Use the holy trinity of fouls. Okay. Yes. I say we go to the peeps now. I, I mean, there's some other great performances. Well, I want to I want to shout out Sandy Pham first of all, who said milk, yay, uh, even though she's lactose intolerant. So <laughs> that's how dope milk is. All right, that's how, that's how, dope. Do, that's how sick milk is. <laughs> oh, wait, let's hold see what on, the peeps on. have to say. I'm sure there's tons of milk questions. There we go. Right there. There you go. You're on, you're on the screen, Sandy. <laughs> three cup, three glasses of respect, milk. Respect, respect, respect. All right, let me queue uh, up. We, we had lots of questions before. <laughs> Uh, we're all over the place. <laughs> the people's post fight show, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. What about Jessica I versus Jessica Andrade at 125 and Holly versus Irene Aldana from Joseph Boza? So if you hadn't heard, Jessica I versus Jessica Andrade is gonna is gonna happen. This fight is happening. They're gonna give Jessica another shot at twenty five. Hopefully she can make the weight and you know, welcome back. You get to fight Jessica Andrade, Jessica. I. What do you think of this fight, AK? I mean, I love it. Like, I think it, it was always kind of well, not weird because it was it was her only option at the time. Uh, Jessica Andrade going from 135 down to 115 because there was no 125. So even though she was, um, you know, she was so 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 good at one, you know, a world title winner, there was always that kind of thought, like, man, could she do 125 too? Because she won fights at 135, she won fights at 115, obviously. So why not? Why not the in between? And she's perfect for Jessica I because. Uh, I has had some uneventful fights to put it nicely. She's not always, a, the, you know, the a fight of the night contender. Uh, so, and Andrade kind of on the other side, I don't know if Andrade has been in a boring fight, 
maybe early in her career, but I'm forgetting. But she's always, always an exciting fight. So you, I think you put her in there with I. I think it's a good mix of styles. And uh, I think you'll get the best out of both of them. So, yeah, I really like that matchup. Casey, Holly versus uh, Irene Aldana. I think that's the fight that, that needs to happen at this point. Maybe October. I think that's that's being targeted at this point. Are you happy with this fight or should the UFC shuffle the deck like uh, tonight's theme? I do not like that fight. I'm like uh, uh, with uh, Jose Young, so he's been saying a lot. I just I hate that uh, Holly Irene fight because I think Irene has already earned that title shot. But unfortunately, you do with um, uh, Amanda Nunes um, having a child uh, or her wife having a child very soon. Um, is she taking a break? As Amanda Nunes kind of even publicly said, is she just taking a break? Right now, do we know? She's talked about maybe retiring. She hasn't like actually said, I'm definitely out, but I could retire. I've done everything I need to do mm. in the sport. So, I mean, I would say if a fight excites her, she'll come back. Yeah. So, um, maybe, uh, yeah, because I don't, I mean, uh, to me, like, Irene would have to just steamroll Holly to, I guess, to excite Amanda Nunes to come back. So, um, I mean, it's a fight. I don't, I'm, I'm excited about the actual fight itself. But as far as the title implications, I just think it's unnecessary. But Jessica I versus Jessica Andrade, freaking rules. I love that fight. And um, I want to see Jessica Andrade not doing the big weight cut to 115. Let's see. Maybe um, maybe it was – because remember, she went from 135 straight to 115. She's, I think at the 20 time – 20 pounds. I think at the time, she, there was no flyweight division, right, when she did yep. the draw? Yeah. So um, that was insane. And, and remember, at, at 35, she was, she was still like a decent top 10, borderline top 10, 35-er. So I'm um, very excited about that, and um, good luck, Jessica. I. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'm down for both at this point. Let's just let's just see him play out, and then we'll go from there. What else we got? Do, 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 do. Uh, no, this fight. Oh, Bobby Green versus Bryce Mitchell. Sorry, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Bobby Green's 55 or anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know what this is about? I don't even know what this question is. What about the fight that the bell went off three seconds before the time ran out? Yeah, I don't remember that. I didn't you know? see that. Uh, no, I, I wonder. Uh, I don't know where Gerardo Granados was watching this fight from. Um, he could have been on a, watching a different channel, maybe not ESPN Plus, maybe in another country. Because sometimes the you know the on-screen timer. I, I wonder if they use they use a different one sometimes, and and uh, it's different from what we're necessarily seeing. What uh, their fighters, and I'm sorry, are necessarily seeing uh, and hearing in the. Um, you know, in the actual venue. So I did not, I, I know I, I watch up in Canada on TSN and you guys were watching ESPN plus. I don't recall seeing, uh, seeing this happen. So Gerardo, if you want to clarify in the YouTube comments, please do. Uh, but we didn't see, no, we didn't see that. I think the weirdest one of those that I've ever seen was, uh, I was covering a Bellator card and Lindsay Van Zant was fighting somebody and the horn went off with like 90 seconds left in a round like during the Bellator card and like both women like stopped and the referee's like, what are you doing? Like the freaking horn went off. No, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going. So that, that was a crazy one. Brunson versus Gastelum from Michael Panza. I will start with this one. Don't hate the idea. If they booked it, I would be okay with it, but I think Brunson deserves somebody a little higher on the pole right now. If we're, if we're being honest, I think the Hermanson fight makes, makes all the sense in the world. I thought, most people thought if, Shab if Shabazian won, it would be the Hermanson fight, especially after the Whitaker Cannonier fight got booked. So I think Brunson deserves the same thing after that performance tonight. I think you get a get him a top five, top six matchup, and 
and see where he is. Is he is he the guy that can get over the hump? Can he get that one step closer to a title shot? You put him in those kinds of matchups, and I think him and Hermance would be a really good fight. So that's what I think. Your thoughts. Uh, Casey, we'll start with you. Brunson versus Gastelum. Um, I don't love this one. Um, I think I think Gastelum uh, – no, Br- Brunson's – if Brunson defeats Gastelum, it really doesn't do anything for Derek Brunson to me. So uh, I just, obviously Kelvin would probably want that fight because that will put him back up there. But for Derek – I think uh, I just think, I just don't think it's a smart fight career-wise for him. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I was uh, I wasn't sure what to do with Brunson uh, if he won, you know, heading into this. But as we learned recently, that that, that but sorry, Whitaker will uh, is now occupied. I thought that he the winner of the Whitaker Till fight was the logical matchup for Hermanson. But now that that's off the table, uh, I guess we I guess we do have to kind of go uh, uh, with uh, Brunson and Hermanson. But um, I liked, you know, Hermanson's elaborate plan to have Cannoneer uh, not fight Whitaker, but instead get the get the title fight against the Costa Adesanya winner. Um, but uh, that's not in the cards. So, yeah, either Brunson, Hermanson or Brunson rematches the winner of uh, Uriah Hall, uh, UL Romero, though more so yeah. if it's if, more so if Romero wins. I don't know if him rematching Uriah Hall makes sense. If Romero beats Uriah Hall, I wouldn't mind seeing Brunson run that back and kind of get another shot because he actually did very well uh, in that first fight before uh, classic uh, third yeah, round I mean, Romero showed up. No, no, no. But what happened? It wasn't third round Romero. Do you remember? It was it was it was all the nut shots. Remember, he got he got. Dude, why, how, re, how, I should have remembered. Rewatch, rewatch, rewatch Brunson Romero. That fight completely changed when uh, Brunson, you know, got hey hey, you know. So, um, <laughs> so actually, you know, you know what? Um, yeah, if Romero does win. I would absolutely love to see Brunson Romero rematch. I think that yeah. would be awesome. He deserves another crack at him. No. Oh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, get out of here. <laughs> we already talked about this. Darren Till versus the winner, Yoel Romero versus Uriah Hall. That's the fight to make. And then. <laughs> Kelvin, I'll, I'll tell you what. If Omari Akhmedov beats Chris Weidman next week, that's the fight for Kelvin Gastelum. Hmm. You're welcome, world. Uh, Jermaine King, what does Shabazi need to work on after this loss? Everything. Okay, I'll start with you. Everything. And that's not in a harsh way. He's 22 years old. Yeah. He's 22 years old. I think you take a 22-year-old fighter and like try to find one thing, like, oh, he needs to work on takedown defense or cardio or striking defense or just you know defense in general. He's 22. He needs to, he needs to work on everything because the tools are there. Like like we said, the, the kind of the kind of uh, accuracy he has with the strikes, um, uh, his his grappling skills, he's he's already very advanced in that. But I mean, I think as we saw tonight, again, you run into someone who's just a little more, more poised than you, um, a little bit, uh, uh, you know, more experienced with certain situations. Um, and and this is what happens. You're going to lose. You're going to lose fights. So uh, Brunson is the better fighter at this stage of their career. You know, this, this was no fluke. And that's fine. Again, like I mentioned before, he's has three times as much UFC experience. He's 14 years older than Edmund Shabazian. So really, he's got to he's got to work on everything. I know that's kind of a, a boring answer, um, but it's true. There, there's really no one aspect, no one weakness. I thought he showed tonight. He just got he just met a better fighter. Casey, how much blame is the MMA space going to give to Tarverdian after this fight? Because, you know, after the whole Ronda thing, he was getting crapped on for a while, even when Shabazian kept winning fights. And there was always like a scapegoat needed. And Tarverdian just always seemed to be the easiest target. And it seems like he was starting to get a little more respect, as they say these days. But how much blame do you think he's going to get for this? And he shouldn't get any, by the way. It's just like Alex said, he's a 22-year-old kid. He's still getting – he's not even near his athletic prime yet. It, the blame he gets will be unfair. It would just be basically just trolls being trolls. That's that's it. I mean, yeah. at, 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 what, what 
Tavarian did do, he found this kid who came into his gym when he was 12 or 13 or something. And by in 10 years, he made him an A-level elite middleweight fighter, fighting in the UFC, main eventing a card. That is an incredible accomplishment for a coach. So, sure. um, no, everything, every the treatment he gets is unfair. Now, what happens after this, though, that might be a different story. Let's see how he handles this loss. Because, of course, um, I mean, uh, if you... If you ask, I mean, we're now just going back a little bit, but, you know, after Ronda, of course, lost to Holly, we were, as far as we know, when we talked to other coaches and things like that, nothing really changed with Holly's camp or anything when she when she kind of took the break to fight Amanda Nunes. Was there any chance that she had? We, now, now, how good we know Amanda Nunes was, I don't know if Ronda could have done anything better for that fight. But um, it's, I think uh, for, for Shabazian, Let's, let's see how his next two fights are um, before we really judge um, his coaches. But so far, they've yeah. done an amazing job. Yeah, give him a give, give him a decent name at eighty five. Someone, I'm not gonna say beatable because there's, I mean, th- there's only tough fights at eighty five at this point. So don't be throwing him in there with, with Hazmat Shamayev or anybody like that. Give him a, you know, give him a fun fight at eighty five against you know a decent name, the you know Amir Shard or something like that. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think I think Shabazzian, I think he has a the UFC isn't going to have a tough time trying to find the the right fight for him. But I, yeah. I, I'm really I'm really curious though is um how much of the UFC promotional machine is now going to be with them because I mean because right now they were really just like with um oh what's the young uh, the young lady that lost to uh, Roxanne but Macy Barber just like Macy Barber they were selling the whole youngest champ ever youngest champ ever. As soon as they start putting those graphics on the screen, they lose their next fight, you know. So that's out the window now. So I mean, I, it's very, very unlikely that Shabazian will have an opportunity to become the youngest champ now. So uh, yeah, a lot, lot, lot of question marks though. How his, you know, his future is going to be? Yeah, bouncing back from your first loss that 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 tells a story for sure. What else we got? Uh, we got lots of stuff. Uh, Casey, did you see that question from Nick Burgeon? Oh, I just had it. I just had it. Where you okay. Well, all right. All right, Nick. I know Nick has been waiting, loyally waiting uh, to there have his question go. answered. Not and sure if you one. guys saw this. I'd like your take. Borg has now missed weight four times and pulled out of nine fights. What does the UFC do with him? Interesting question. Um, I don't – there have been rumors swirling, and I cannot confirm this, but this is – you guys may have heard this rumor as well. That uh, Ray Borg may have been released from the UFC. Now, I'm not saying this is fact. I'm saying these are rumors that are swirling around right now. Um, and listen, Ray Borg has gone through a lot. And as a father myself, I cannot imagine what this man has gone through over the last few years with his son and everything that has happened. Like, I don't even know how he even focuses on fighting with everything going on. So if something happens with his kid and there's a phone call. Now, listen, you know, he's sick. He's going back to the hospital or something's not right. My ass is getting back on a plane. I'm going home to check on my son. So we don't know why he pulled out of this fight. We don't know what happened. But the la- I know that's what happened the last time. It was a family emergency. He needed to go home. Family comes first. And I totally understand where he's coming from. However, we're in a situation where it's like, you know, you got to fight, bro. Like, you just you got to find a way to get in there and fight. So I understand both sides. So AK... What does the UFC do with Ray Borg now? 
Yeah, I, again, I'm not sure about the veracity of the rumors that he's already been released. Um, and, I, and I won't say that I think it's like the... I won't vilify the UFC for doing that. I, I, this is a business, right? Again, and, and I don't think if they did it, I don't think it's any indictment on, again, how he sort of handled his personal life. He's got to do what he's got to do. But at the same time, the company has to do what they've got to do, right? So, um, but but for me, I think it's, it'd be, I just don't, I wouldn't release him if it were up to me. Um, it, man, it just might be bad luck. You know, uh, for people who don't know, of course, you mentioned issues with his son. His son has a brain condition. And uh, he, he revealed his last fight, which he withdrew from against uh, Murab Bajrili. Uh, he revealed pretty sure, I think within two days or within a day, he, he kind of updated people on social media saying um, he did have to go home to just sort of address something that's going on with his son. Thankfully, it turned out to be nothing serious. So that was great news. <clears throat> uh, now, uh, this time, again, we're, we're sort of still waiting to hear from Ray. And again, he, he is under no obligation to, to let us know what the situation is, especially if it is something to do with his son's health. Um, but again, I understand why people would be more frustrated now, given that again, the second fight this year um, that he has withdrawn. And if you look at just his schedule, you can go to topology and they keep a nice record of it. Uh, there's a long list of canceled bouts. Um, if you go back to 2018, he's had way more canceled fights than he has had uh, actual fights. So uh, for the UFC, again, I don't think it's it's I wouldn't release him, but I don't blame them for doing so. Uh, I, just, I just don't think they should. I think he's still a talented fighter. Uh, and, and I and we really just don't know how many of these things are out of his control. You know, we really don't. But I, again, I'm the same person that keeps saying that they should they should book uh, Habib versus Ferguson as many times as they can until it happens. Because, uh, you know, again, it's there's circumstances outside of people's control. It sounds like that's what's happening to uh, Ray Borg a lot. So I say keep him around. But um, uh, yeah, it's in, in the eyes of the fans. He unfortunately is getting a reputation as someone who just doesn't fight, which is why, um, which for fair or not is one of the worst things you can be labeled uh, in MMA. Uh, real quick, and they'll let Casey respond to this. Edmund Shabazian has released his first comments since the loss to Derek Brunson. Said, I'm okay, everyone. Just need some stitches. Thank you for all your messages. Love you all. Congrats to Derek Brunson tonight. Did a great job. No excuses. It's the fight game, and I'll be back. Blessed to have the support I have from everyone. That was from like a minute ago on Instagram from Edmund Shabazian. So, Casey, Ray Borg, your thoughts? What can the UFC do at this point? <sighs> This is hard to comment on because there's just a lot of unknowns, to be honest. Just, True. just, just a little too many unknowns. To, uh, I think anyone to give a real uh, solid opinion on it. But uh, I'm assuming the UFC has had they've sat down with him and like, hey, like, what's going on? You know, is is it is it simply your child's health? Because if it's about that, I mean, this is you need to fight. You gotta. That's how you make your money. You know, so. Um, it's a it's not a good situation, and um, I hope the UFC handles it with maturity. And um, I just hope it gets um, because Ray Borg he he's an excellent fighter. He's a, he really is an excellent fighter, and um, it's just um, it's just everything's everything's just unfortunate for whoever's booked against Ray Borg. But if you are booked against Ray Borg, chances are you're not fighting Ray Borg. That's all I got. That's all I know right now. He got hosed out of a bonus. With that Ricky Simone fight. That was the fight of the night. That yeah. I the Jacksonville card, by the way. He's uh, probably still bad about that. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, uh, it sounds like there's something else going on behind the scenes between the US, UFC and Borg that we just don't know about. Because it doesn't, just things don't make sense. So, uh, it's just, to me, just to me, to me, missing, too much missing information. Got it, okay. Credit credit to the matchmakers for being able to find uh, Johnny Munoz uh, to replace Ray Borg uh, and fight uh, uh, Nate Maness uh, Nate Maness I'm sorry 
and uh, Manus did get his first UFC wins. So, uh, like Casey said, it's unfortunate that Manus, you know, should maybe should have known that uh, he would not end up fighting Ray Borg, but at least he. He did get a fight uh, and got his first UFC win and a win bonus. So um, somewhat of a happy ending for Manus. But uh, yeah, the Ray Borg situation is so murky. And whatever is going on with him, you know, of course, obviously, you know, I wish him the best um, and hope it is nothing, no more issues with uh, with his son. But uh, yeah, he's he's whatever's going on. It's put the UFC in a tough spot. Yeah. How about Johnny Munoz still in the third round on a day's notice, still hoisting Nathan Manus up in the sky and slamming him to the ground in the third round? That guy is is a legit prospect at 35. Manus is too. Um, so very excited to see what happens to the, for the both of those guys. Manus, that's a tough fight to look good to look good on because like when you look back at this card, you're like, oh yeah, Nathan Manus won, but you're not going to remember much from it just because of mm. how Munoz is and his style and he's just all over you. It's hard to look good against him. So thank you, Nick, for the question. What else we got? What's next for Bobby Green? Ooh. Casey, I'm going to give you this question. Me and AK can't really answer this right now. We have to ponder this. Uh, I'll, throw some, I'll, I'll throw something out there uh, in a minute, but I, I, I'll, I'll do a little on to the next one tease. I can do a little on to the next one All tease. Right, a little, little tease. Oh, I was going to let Casey go first, though. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> man, I'm trying. You know I'm what? At yeah, I, need, I, need, I, I feel like I need a list. I don't know. Like, uh, I wasn't ready for this. I'll throw some names out there. I'll throw some names out there. All right. Here's what I got for you guys. Uh, and this is, by the way, I, 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 I think most of these guys don't have uh, fights booked. If they do, then I, obviously I, I, uh, I retract these suggestions. But uh, Scott Holtzman. Scott Holtzman is Scotty fighting Benil Dariush. Is he? Next weekend. <laughs> that's a good Next that's a weekend. Good <laughs> that's a good fight buddy, buddy, well, this, you, if, wait you just went from Bobby Green to fight Scott Holtzman to like hey Scott Holtzman's got a pretty good fight <laughs> <laughs> if you if I, I could not name what's the, what's next week's headliner Derek Lewis that's and, uh, uh, Lewis and uh, that's Lennox. next week yes <laughs> I swear that's got in that, tiny, in that tiny cage like, in that tiny cage did that, did that not just get like finalized like 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 officially announced like four days ago am yeah, I crazy yeah, but we knew it was Holy, happening. Yeah, I know, but man, this is wild how fights are coming now. Okay, well that's great. I should be more excited now because I've been wanting, I've been wanting that fight since the uh, Olympic last fight. Uh, so I don't know why I forgot, but um, again, that kind of shows you how rapidly the cards are coming and how quickly they're coming together. Uh, how about Drew Dober? Because uh, Drew Dober is obviously good. That's a good pick. But where, what happened to Gregor Gillespie? Did he ever wake up? Is that what? Did he after? I mean, where is he? Like he was, he was on such a roll, and and like, and I the way I, the way Bobby Green looked against um, Clay Clay Guida, I'm interested to see um, Bobby Green go against um, Gregor Gillespie, oh. an even higher level wrestler. So by top my, ten guy, top ten guy for Bobby Green. Why not, man? Come on, he's been around. Well, Dober, Dober, Dober. Well, okay, never mind. I'm looking at I'm looking at a different ranking. Does Gillespie have Does Gillespie have a fight? Like, what happened to him? Just, no idea. Still recovering, I guess. But you know, just taking us to fishing. He's he's gone. He's yeah, gone well, fishing. Literally, literally gone fishing. You know, we say that about people sometimes. Like, oh, they've just been away for a while. He's probably literally just enjoying fishing. Yeah. How about um, Green versus Fazeev? Oh. There'd be so much. There'd be so much fainting and dodging and shit talking. <laughs> be like a, like a kung fu movie. I think. I almost feel like we. I like we that. Have a lot of, I mean, that's, I like uh, that. Well, Fazeev, I mean, Fazeev against any striker is going to be incredible. So, but I think Bobby Green, especially their personalities and 
different and 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 Bobby Green's unorthodox striking. Um, yeah, I like that fight. I mean, like, I mean, the really only things that make sense, like, I would say, like, him and Drakkar close are probably like right around the same ranking, and they've already fought, and they're like buddies now, and they train together, so that can't happen again. Sarukian? No. You already know how I feel about Sarukian. I love. Sarukian. I want Jim Miller. I want Zerubian yeah, versus yeah. Jim that Miller. makes that makes. If you're gonna have him fight a veteran, I think that makes that's do like a Brad Riddell, Brad Riddell. I, I don't know. Ooh, Hernandez, Dan Hooker. No, oh, that's too no, far. No, no, that's too no, far. But Bobby Green's in that weird spot where like he's been around for so long. He this was his uh, 37th pro fight tonight, um, and I think his uh, 14th UFC fight. And he, you really feel like uh, 13th. I just say, I'm sorry. And you really feel like um, he'd be competitive against almost anyone. You know, he just has that kind of game, and he's just been around so long. I'm not saying I would pick him to beat anyone in the top 10. Uh, and he's fought some. He fought what Poirier already. Um, but I feel like, again, you throw him in there with, I, I think he's like a Gillespie, um, a guy, a guy like Paul Felder, who I know is not going to take that fight now. He only wants a big, big name, bigger name fights. But I, I absolutely think that Bobby Green could put on a competitive, like three or five round fight against Paul Felder. He definitely could. So he, he is a little bit difficult to match make for at this point. Mohegan son, Alexander Hernandez versus Bobby Green. <sighs> I think Hernandez is, oh, he lost his last one, but he is still over. He is still ranked, I, I would think, ranked higher than Bobby Green. I, I have him ranked higher than Bobby Green personally. So it's not, not by the, much. It's not the yeah, it's not. It's, it's like kind of a cluster of um, the outside the top 15 from like 16 to like 30. There's kind of a cluster. Of all, I feel like they're all interchangeable. As, like, a little bit. A little <laughs> like, bit. It's really I, hard to separate them at that point. If you're going to give Bobby Green a top 15 guy, I think Gillespie is probably the only one that makes sense right now. I'd like to see Green against anybody, especially yeah. the way he's looked in his last couple of fights. He looked awesome tonight. Yeah. He looked fantastic. Yep. And he's got a story that I want to hear more of. No doubt about that. He's always got a story. If anyone's ever interviewed Bobby Green or listened to a Bobby Green interview, he's got a lot of stories. <laughs> I am working on that for what the heck already. No, uh, well, Trying. There's, there's a little tease. But, uh, Alex, long, uh, Alex, Alex Hernandez versus Lando, though. I kind of like that, too. Yeah. I like, that. I like I Lando versus like Kama Worthy. I think that's a great that, fight. That's a good fight also. Lightweight is so good. Lightweight is just so, so good. good. Yeah, I can just, I can just oh, toss out God. random names like awesome fight. You're great. That's a genius. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Green has been fighting for 12 years. 37 fights in 12 years. This man has really seen it all. Yeah, I forget. Yeah. I have a I have an awesome Bobby Green story. Um, when he fought in Affliction, I cannot remember who he fought. Um, he fought I'm looking now. He fought he Dan Dan Lazan. That's who it is. Dan Lazan. Yes, but, and, that, and I think that fight ended in nut shots too, or like it was like it was like it was incredible amount of nut shots. But what happened was, Bobby Green got so excited waiting in the tunnel, he just ran like you know they kind of they get the guys ready and then they play the music and he, they go. But I think they played some like just kind of generic DJ music and he kind of assumed it was his music, so he just runs out to the ring and just like high five and everybody you know and all the camera guys and directors like no we're like we're in commercial break we're not even like doing like he's like by the ring like taking his shirt off like. So we had to walk back to the tunnel and they do it all again. He did, and he came out and did the same exact thing, even bigger. <laughs> so, uh, it's so funny. I was like, I didn't, and I didn't know who he was at the time. I was like, that man's amazing. <laughs> that is great. And then, you and heard that black, heard that black hole sun remix. Yeah. He said get out there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've, cool. I've always been a big, big fan of Bobby Green. That is a crazy man. Bobby Green versus Kevin Lee would be a lot of fun too. It's Kevin Lee. Oh, oh look at that. Yeah. Someone. someone. Fazee versus Bobby Green. John G knows what's up. He knows. 
Yeah. Uh, that's okay. Let me find another question. Um, <laughs> I missed this tonight, but I saw people talking about it. Was this on the promo? Do you think, do you think Derek Lewis was calling Alexi Olenek Alexis on purpose, or he just didn't know how to pronounce his name? LOL. Definitely didn't know. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with that. Like, yeah. if if you ever listen to like Derek Lewis's interviews and stuff, like he knows the bare minimum about the UFC in general, not just like the guys he's fighting. Like, especially like a guy like Olenek, he just knows, like, yeah, he's good at submissions. But that's yeah. probably, like, the only thing he knows about him. This is he doesn't like watch when, fights. He doesn't like when, watch fights. When Rampage called uh, Fabio Maldonado Fa- Fabio Mababobo or something, and it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, he just doesn't know. It's, it's not, I don't know. I don't think it's some sort of, like, sly trash talk. It's like, no, I just don't. I don't know, really don't know who this is. <laughs> I've, I've always. Yes, sir. He no, fought I, Shamil Abdurahimov in his, UFC, in, in his first main event uh-huh. in Albany, New York. That was the first UFC event I ever covered. And when you ask Derek Lewis about his opponent, he goes, I have no idea who he is. Like, yeah. I don't know. I can't pronounce his name. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. I don't even know who I'm fighting. I won't know who he is until I actually stare, like, look at him after the weigh-ins tomorrow. That'll be the first time I've seen anything or know anything about him. And that's when I knew Derek Lewis is my guy. He literally watches no fights. He is just – the only thing he cares about in MMA is training and fighting. Other than that, he's not sitting at home watching all these cards. Like, what have, what have you last seen Derek Lewis tweet about a UFC card? <laughs> I can't remember. I, Casey, do you, you want to read you, that? You, you, I, this no, please for you. go ahead. This, 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 I'm, not oh. a, I'm not a reader. I, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm at, from Adamant Movies on YouTube. I'll read this with an accent to class it up a little bit. Uh, Derek just honestly cannot pronounce Alexi's name, LOL. He is not selling, but I guess he'll just roll with it like the balls was hot <laughs> moment. <laughs> that was Alex Lee reads a classy tweet. Well done. MMA fighting. Was that, was that a preview of a new podcast right here? <laughs> I'm gonna. It's a new character I'm working on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm just workshopping. I like to use these shows to workshop things. You know, but uh, back to Derek Lewis though. Um, I really, I enjoy it. I love his. You know, he you know, he messes with the media. He just just for his own laughs. But but he, like what what uh, Mike said, he actually he isn't a fan of MMA. He doesn't watch the sport. It's just it's, and he's very upfront about this. This is literally a job for him. Like he doesn't care about the fans in that, in that sense, you know, I do it for the fans and he likes fans and stuff, but he's, this is strictly a job for him. This is a paycheck. This is how he pays his bills. This is how he feeds his kids. And he doesn't care about that stuff. So he absolutely has no idea who's, who his opponent is other than this guy that chokes people. And he's like one of the best guys to interview. His interviews are so funny, but I think out of all fighters, he might hate doing media more than any other one. Like he yeah. hates doing media. He's yeah. not doing any media for this fight, by the way. And, and I think he's fairly savvy about his image as well. Like I think he's genuine, but I also think he's very aware of sort of the the persona that he that he projects, and he doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care. He doesn't care if people think like, oh, oh, he's a bit like, yeah, he does he's not pronounce people's names right. You know, um, he doesn't care. He's he he's uh, very upfront about how he is. And I, I would say, I would the only thing I would add is I think he does also enjoy fighting. Uh, he does strike oh. me some. I bet he actually enjoys the in cage part of it, the fighting. But yeah, all the all the BS surrounding it, all the all the st- the crap that we that we bring into the sport, uh, he has no. I don't think he has any interest in that, and that's fine. Like, again, that's kind of what's so cool about him. Why fans like him so much? Yeah, he is as real as it gets. Like he is who he is, and that's it. Like he's not like Colby calling Tyron Woodley Tyrone, Tyrone yeah. Woodley. Like, yeah. Like Colby's obviously doing it on purpose. Yes. Since Luke. See, here's Vicente Luque. Should he get a top 10? I think if there's, I think the guy we're going to have the hardest time matchmaking AK 
on on to the next one is Vicente Luque. Yeah, because look, you if you love if you love watching Vicente Luque fight, you kind of don't care who he fights. You just want to see Vicente Luque do his thing. Now, at some point, of course, a guy has to go from being a highlight generator to a cont- well, I don't think they do, but I think for a lot of fans, that's the case. You know, like uh, like a Donald Cerrone. You know, and Donald Cerrone, um, that guy could have just could have exciting fights forever. But every what two, three, or four fights, they say, ah, oh, let's throw in Cerrone with a top ten guy and see what happens. And you know, he usually doesn't make it over that hump. But people still want to see it. I personally don't care. Uh, Luque is what twenty seven, so he's kind of a right approaching that that sweet spot of his athletic prime um is he 27 27 28 something like that. i know he's i know he's actually younger than randy brown and um i, I would like to just see him taking care of business against a- almost anyone in the top 20 but again given how good he is and if you're a fan i totally understand the urge to see him tested against the top 10 again so he had the one fight with wonder boy which was competitive but didn't go his way um so should he get a top 10 i actually am in agreement with joseph boza yes i uh, i need to think of a name but I do think if someone is free, I do think he should get a top 10 opponent. Honestly, like it's Damian Maya. If there's anybody in the top 10, but I think Damian Maya already like knows where he wants to go with this. He wants Diego Sanchez. I think the only thing that makes sense is he gets the winner of Jeff Neal versus Neil Magny. Like, I think that's like, that's all you can do really. I'm sorry. Which like, fight, at- Mike? I was like, which fight? What, what are we calling this fight? Go oh. ahead. Oh, Neil, oh, Neil versus Neil. No, not no. Neil on Neil. Neil on Neil. Neil Sorry. on Neil. All right, the upcoming Neil on Neil fight. The upcoming Neil on Neil. Whoever wins the Neil on Neil fight, that's who Vicente Luque fights next. Thank you. What's Michael Chiesa up to? Is he injured? Surgery. Surgery. So he's out for a while. He'll be out for a little bit. Uh, what? A, what about a man who's on a three-fight losing streak? One, Mr. Robbie Lawler. Is that too much violence? Is that is that will that would the commission not sanction that fight? The question is, I think it's more is is Robbie Lawler in that kind of Damian Maya era, era in his career where where he's just going to be taking fights that are like really big fights in a sense or fights he really wants because I don't necessarily Lawler wants to fight Luke. He probably would if you know if it was a different part of a different point of his career. But yeah, just if we can make it happen, that'd be freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I don't know. That's it. I mean, I, that's a good one, too. Uh, yeah. Shemaev. Shemaev. No. <laughs> Look, people are telling me Shemaev's the number one contender at welterweight right now, right? If just, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, just, I'm not against that. I'm not against it. <laughs> I'm not against it. Man, that'd be tough for Luke. If I'm Luke, I mean, Luke, I feel like it's the kind of guy who wouldn't say no to anyone. But I mean, if that's a fight, I'd be like, why? If I'm Luke, like, it's like, why would I take that fight? But I mean, Chimaev has a lot. No Chimaev has a lot, but he does have a lot of buzz around him, though. Oh no! Like, you want to? You want to? Like, you want to kill that buzz? If you're Luke and you want to kill that buzz, you go like, yeah, give me, give me Chimaev. No, no, yeah, is one of those unique fighters where even though he's way behind you in the rankings, you beat him, you somehow go higher up in the rankings. You know, he's all the talk. He's all the talk of the of the town right now. If not, he was, yeah. if they put him in the top fifteen, if they put him in the top fifteen last week, I think that would be more appealing to Vicente Luque. But that's the problem with with a guy like Jemayev is that like there's no there's no upside for a top fifteen guy right now. Yeah, he's got hype, but like when you don't have that number next to your name, you lose a lot of that appeal. Uh, that's I, why I think it's going to be a Cerrone or somebody like that. I, I slightly disagree because I feel like there are certain fighters, and Shemaev right now is one of them, where like you beat them no matter what their rankings are, you go up. Even though they're like you beat Mackenzie Dern, it's a even though Mackenzie Dern has never been highly ranked, your name gets bigger. You beat Paige Van Zandt, your name gets bigger, even though they weren't ranked. So I think Shemaev right now is that kind of that unique 
spot in his career where despite his no, no number behind beside his name, you know. But uh, Miguel Baeza. I know you guys don't care about that matchup. I'm making. I'm going to make Miguel Baeza Shemayev happen, just like I made Neil on hashtag Neil on Neil happen. Okay, <laughs> I'm a. I am a. I'm a taste maker. Okay, I will get people behind this Baeza Shemayev when this matchup is announced. I will be front and center saying Miguel Baeza Shemayev is a is a worthy fight for both men at this stage of their careers. We do not need to rush Shemayev. Miguel Baez is a good fighter. Shemaev is probably ranked, like, if we only get to see the top 15, but let's just say, like, we have the rankings on, like, Dana's whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Shemaev is probably ranked 25 spots higher than Miguel Baez right now. <laughs> That's absurd. Miguel That's Baez not just, absurd. He just, beat, he just beat Matt Brown. He beat – how can he be ranked lower than Shemaev? Shemaev beat uh, a, someone who uh, – a good fighter, but I think, in Reese McKee, who wasn't even in the UFC as of, like, two weeks ago. How can he be ranked higher than a guy who just beat my, my, uh, Matt Brown? I will guarantee you that there are voters who voted for Kazbet Shemayev to be in the I'm top sure they team. did. I'm sure they did. But right. I feel like – But if any, we're looking at it, I would say yeah. Miguel Baez is probably like number 45, 40 to 45 and Shemayev is probably like 20. I still had uh, Matt Brown probably ranked way too high. So uh, so, no, so I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm, 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 my rankings are very are, – are not great because I uh, – Matt no, Brown no, you're, you're good. You're good. You can you can stop there. Your rank is not. So great. I had no. I had Baez. <laughs> I had Baez at 24 because I had Matt Brown still in the top 30. So he just took Matt Brown's spot. But Matt Brown should probably be much lower. So realistically, like what did you you said like 40, 40 something. I'd say he's like 40 to 45. Yeah, I think that's probably closer than where I have him now. I need to change that. But I do not have Shemayev ranked anywhere. In, I have him like outside the top 50. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's he has that one is, win at you, 170. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? No, no, no. It's it's the way he won. You, and that's great. I agree. What, what, there's look, winning and there's freaking domination. And that was okay. freaking that's domination. Right. You have to beat someone ranked in the top 50, I feel like, to make it into the top 50. That's no, crazy. No, you don't. No, you don't, bro. This is absurd. Reese McKee is a He's solid. very legit win. He saw a very legit win. He has zero – he is nowhere near the level of wrestling needed to even challenge – uh, Shemaev and I, look, I keep I've been on record saying I think Shemaev is a future champion. But he's but not top fifty, guys. He's not top fifty. Yeah, future meaning twenty twenty two. Okay, he has no, he has not fought one guy in the UFC with any takedown defense. That is a fact. No, you, this, this is not wait, a, wait, this so, is not a theory. So if I went through all of his previous opponents, previous opponents' fights, none of those guys have ever stopped the takedown. You will have to do that first before I can answer that question because you're, you're right. I actually, you're, just, you're, I actually cannot speak of his previous guys. I'm just saying, but neither of us know, right? So if we're just if we're just talking about UFC ranking, if we're going based on what most people are talking, the majority of people are just talking about the two fights they saw in the UFC. Correct? These are two guys who have no takedown defense. That is a fact. No, okay, it is not, not a fact. Sean Phillips, are you serious? Yeah. Are you t- I'm, I'm gonna tweet him right now. Hey, do you have any okay. takedown defense at all? Just wondering. John- John Phillips, the first person will tell you, hell no, I have no takedown defense. I've, I don't want to go, I've never I don't any, go to the crowd. I, I've never learned any of that stuff. <laughs> he, he literally, his nickname is Mike Tyson, I think. I think he literally only wants to box. The, I, well, I didn't say it, but yes. I don't see the world through that lens, Mike. But uh, <laughs> That's his actual nickname. I know. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> Shemayev is great, but the hype is crazy. It's crazy for people to say he, he's like, should automatically be thrown to the top 10. Let him fight one person with decent takedown defense. One you know person. Why he should, you know why he should get a big fight, Alex? Do you know why? Because every show we have done for the last week, we have spent more time talking about Kamzat Shemaev than anybody else. But anybody look, else. I know, but look, we're a bunch of, of no-nothing, pencil neck, <laughs> soy milk drinking, uh, clickbait artists, okay? It's, 
Shut me down. Shut me down if you want. No one uh, even I'm, asked I'm, us about Shemayev. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've been talking more about Shemayev than I think like Derek Brunson. Our editor is going to cut off my mic any minute now, but I cannot lie to America. I cannot lie to Canada, okay? We obviously are trying to drum up this prospect for our own headlines, okay? And just for you know, just get that sweet, sweet, sweet YouTube uh, monies, that sweet, sweet, sweet internet, those sweet, sweet internet dollars, okay? I like Shemayev, but I want to see more. I want to see more. What a throne to Vicente Luque. I think he beat him. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. It's <laughs> so crazy. All right, what else do we got? This is crazy. Uh, All you have to do is say Shabayev one time, and we've gone for like, 12 minutes about this guy. I could talk about Shabayev. warranted. I could talk about Shabayev for three hours. Yes. <laughs> and how, much, how, how he's so overranked, but yet he will be the greatest fighter ever tomorrow. <laughs> but he should fight percent Most talked about. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. King of Fight Island. The King of Fight Island. All right, we're we're at an hour. We're at an hour over an hour, okay, guys. Okay, let's, right, one more. Yeah, we'll do I, one I, more. One more. Uh, we're getting lots of Shemayev. Is it about Shemayev? Yeah, <laughs> so about Shemayev. Cerrone needs Shemayev. Shemayev needs Cerrone. Yeah. Sure. You're right, Mohegan. I won't argue with that. This, this, I won't argue with this, that. This is Mike Hex's um, burner account. <laughs> <laughs> man, Mohegan Sun. Man, this Mike Heg is very handsome. <laughs> bald, bald for life. All right, one more, uh, one, one more, more question. Uh, okay, non Shemaya. Non Shemaya. Scroll uh, all the way back up. Uh, yeah, I got <laughs> Shemaya versus Usman. Who wins? Oh. Just kidding. I'm so. Oh, yeah. yeah, you have me thinking about it. Uh, someone, thinking about- this won't be our last question, but I want to touch upon this because I was going to start talking about it uh, on the the presser show uh, about Mike Perry because someone just said at Shemaya yes. Perry, which I would love because I would love to see Shemaya beat Mike Perry's head in. Um, Whoa! Look, uh, so Mike Perry did apologize, uh, issue an apology on Twitter today. I don't know if we have it handy, sir. I should read the, I should read it out in his own words. I don't want to misquote the man. I'll find, I'll find um, it. Uh, let me uh, let me pop it up. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we we had it. Uh, someone had it out there. Uh, for people who don't know, of course, Mike Perry was involved in a recent sort of um, public altercation. Uh, there's a lot of you know, we, there's a lot of coverage by us and other outlets and, and video of him getting into this sort of uh, unfortunate altercation at a bar. Um, uh, sorry, Casey, do we have that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one okay. second. Here we go. So, okay, there it is. Uh, so this is here with Mike Perry. Uh, I want to be a better role model for my family, for my unborn son, for uh, my queen, Latori Gonzalez, and for myself so I can earn the respect I deserve. Uh, to my sponsors, my bosses at the UFC, I want to apologize for how my actions have impacted our relationships. I will be better all around. Os, uh, classic martial arts sign off. Um, okay, look, uh, Mike Perry is not a good dude. Um, uh, sorry, Casey, can, can we can we have that up at the bottom? You can cover my name or something. but um, Okay, one second. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's right. a very... So, of course, speaking in a, in, a, in a perfect world, someone like Mike Perry uh, gets the help they need because, yeah, obviously there's there's something's going on with this guy. He, he needs help. Um, and it's, it, it is good to see him saying things like I want to be a better role model, of course, uh, for his family and, of course, for a lot of fans who, who look up to him, um, though I, I don't I think most of them like him for his fighting ability and not necessarily uh, his being a role model. Uh, yeah, I just put it over my mouth. People don't want to hear me talk anyway. Um, there we go. Perfect, perfect, perfect. That's perfect. Very parasite-y. Uh, so uh, I like he also said he needs to earn respect. I think it's important that a, that a young athlete understands that because I think, um, you know, I, I think fighters and athletes can get their head inflated, especially when they reach the UFC and, and feel entitled to a lot of things. So him recognizing that is a good sign as well. I don't like him saying to my sponsors and bosses, I apologize for – 
how my actions have affected our relationships. That's like, that's the least, I feel like that's the least things that he should be concerned about. It's, that sounds like almost like, please, you know, uh, don't make me lose my job and I don't want to lose my sponsorships, which again, I'm not, that's, that's me putting words in his mouth, by the way, that is not what Mike Perry said. Um, that's an inference. Uh, so yeah, he does need to be better all around, but you know, actions speak louder than words. It's fine. The apology is okay. Uh, I don't think it's the best kind of apology. He doesn't, he didn't apologize to anyone specifically other than again, sort of sponsors in the UFC. Um, but not necessarily the people involved in the incident, uh, which you might not want to talk about though, cause that is still in, uh, in litigation. So, um, I, I, I'm very critical of my prayer. I'll say that if anyone hears my comments, you'd sense, of course, some bias against the man. Uh, I, I, he should get help. Yes. I don't think it necessarily needs to be in the public eye. I don't think he needs to keep getting UFC fights during this period. If he's honest about getting help, he needs to step back. I think from this fighting career, and really have an honest go at it. Cause I don't think publicity and the glory of fighting is going to benefit him in any way. I will, I, I will say this. If there's one thing that can change this man, it is becoming a dad. Like if that doesn't do it, what else can be done? Like, how does that, like that should motivate you in every way, like to be the best person possible, to be a champion, be the best in your sport like whatever it is that you want to be better at like that alone should be should be enough fire to 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 make those changes so hopefully finding out that latori is pregnant you know will help facilitate those changes because you know mike has said some pretty awful things he's done some pretty terrible things but he's also kind of like must watch tv when he fights like the build-up to his fight with mickey gall was like bigger than the main event. And then when that event was over, what were we talking about? We were talking about Mike Perry and the way he was at his post-fight press conference, the way he was in his post-fight interview with John Anik. Like, that was great stuff. That was great stuff. And then just when everything seems to be turning the corner, the whole incident happens. And it's just like he cannot get out of his own way. So hopefully, with all of this happening in his life, you have to be responsible. You can't just take being a, a parent for granted. Maybe this will be the thing that that sparks that change. But like AK said, actions speak louder than words. And hopefully this can be the beginning of the help that he needs. And I want to see him come back. I love a comeback story. I like when, you know, when people can get their heads together and and do good. And I still want to see some of that old Mike Perry. There's some, you know, choice language I, I would hope he avoids from now on. But at this point, you know. I want to see Mike Perry fight and, and do his thing. Not right now. Let him get the help he needs and like to see a new and improved Mike Perry back in the octagon. But that's my piece on it. Yeah. Um, I just actually I think Mike Perry is actually a very um, just a very talented athlete and a very good fighter. Sure. And it just I, I, I hope he gets his shit together. That's all. And um, I, and I hope the I hope the UFC um, I hope people behind the scenes can help him with that. And um, getting get the proper therapy and things like that, and um, and still, yeah, I just um, because right now, yeah, he, he is cre- he's he has cre- he, they're creating a new person for this world, so um, I I need Mike Perry to be a good person to help raise that extra person that they are bringing into this world, for so, sure. Um, yeah, and that things work out for for him and Latore because uh, you know he did raise one good point. Um, 
after he, he won his last fight saying, man, it was really unfortunate that Latori got dragged and this girl got dragged into, uh, you know, so much of the, of the, the negativity that comes his way on social media. I mean, yes, she's become a public figure now because she's associated with him, but I mean, there's what I'm, I, I can only imagine sort of heinous things uh, that she was getting on social media for, again. And for no reason, uh, you know, for nothing, she, she has, I, as far as we know, has not done anything wrong, uh, as far as just other than being uh, Mike Perry's girlfriend. So for her sake, for the sake of the child, for and for his own sake, uh, and fans of his, you know, yeah, he he needs to get it together. And if that means, look, if that means not be, fight, never fighting again, maybe that's what it takes. You know, maybe he needs to be removed from this environment uh, and find another way. But again, that's that's the extreme uh, end to this, you know, scenario. I like to see him off of social media. Yes, that would be a good good way to help. Yeah, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll one, get ready to wrap things one, up. One right? last Go ahead. One, one last question, and this will be our last one. Let's do it. Sure. Shamayev, how many yeah. titles can he win? What's next for JoJo? That was a bad loss. They oh. basically pulled the Frank, Frankie Edgar. Sheesh. Um, I just got a text message from um, someone close to uh, uh, JoJo, and she said she um, that JoJo is doing fine right now, and um, she's back home. And um, yeah, it's no no concerns. But I think it was just this basically just it was just a stress from the loss. And just kind of everything kind of so that's all we don't know nothing's real official but jojo right now is fine and at home i would i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a name out here ak do it because i don't want to like after what happened in the fainting and stuff i'd like to see jojo take some time off you know maybe come back november december and that would line up for the return of another 125er that people have been excited about that is looking to come back from a loss. How about Jojo Calderwood versus Macy Barber? Oh. Oh, I like it. I like it. I, I, have not, I don't have anything bad to say about that. I like it. I like it. It's a good fight. There you go. It's, um, My, I'm not, I, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I'm like, it's one of those fights. I was like, ooh, that's very risky for both fighters, which I like. Both, both, both. You know, Macy doesn't want to have back-to-back losses, and JoJo's are losing. Obviously, doesn't want to lose back-to-back too, but losing to someone that's so far behind her in the rankings um, is a big risk too. But um, I think that fight, yeah, Macy's one of those people too. Even though she doesn't have a number beside her name, or does she? Or a number beside her rank? A rank? Is she ranked in top ten right now? I don't think she is. But um, she's probably like twelve. Yeah, yeah, she's right. Yeah, somewhere from eleven to fifteen. probably. outside, outside the top ten. And considering um, JoJo's top five, it's a risky fight for Macy. I mean, sorry, risky fight for JoJo. But um, yeah, but I, I like that fight. I like that fight. Uh, I got a name. Uh, first, I'm going to say uh, I'm a JoJo fan. Since I've already you know, shown how biased I am talking about fighters anyway, I'll go the other side of it. I, I'm a fan of Joanne Calder. I think a lot of people are. She seems to, you know, have, she has a very memorable personality, uh, good and entertaining fighting style. And um and man, just had to sympathize so much with her for taking that. That was that was tough to watch, taking such a, a high risk, low reward fight and getting the absolute worst, you know, outcome out of it. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of a weird one, but a fight that I think would keep her in the Valentina Shevchenko sweepstakes. Uh, why doesn't she just fight Antonina instead? Maybe um, Antonina was certainly below her in the rankings, but style wise, a good matchup for her. If she beats Antonina, then you have that storyline again, sort of like, oh, she beat one Shevchenko. Now you throw her back in the title fight, which again, she should have gotten anyway. Um, but she had to stay busy. She had to stay busy and she wanted to, and she got a good opponent and things happened. So I'll, I'll throw Antonina's name out there. I don't want to see Antonina Shevchenko anywhere near Joanne Calderwood. I just don't want to see it. 
I, I, she needs, she needs to take like five steps back. She needs to fight like the Justine Kishes of the world. That's who she needs to fight. Jojo. No, Antonina. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I was like, like, what's, what did, no, 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 no. She needs, yeah. Antonina needs to like go back. Yeah, I can understand that. The Luana Carolinas of the world. That's who she needs to be fighting. Get a couple of wins. And then, I mean, look at the murder, like Roxanne, Pudalova, Chukagian. Like that's, that's a party. I mean, that's (laughs) like you're eating two. Just coming out the contender series. You hadn't fought like really anybody. And you get Roxanne in your first fight. Lucy, Caitlin Chukagian, like they threw her like a murderer's row almost for her first three fights. Like, take her back. Take her back. That's what I think. But uh okay with that. But yeah. Yeah. But I see where you're getting at. Yeah, but yes, that was one of the sadder stories to come out of uh tonight's card. But uh but 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 again. Good sad, for Jennifer Maya. Yeah, Good sad, for Jennifer oh, Maya. Yes. As, sad, as story, as, sad story yeah. for JoJo. Great story for but Maya. Gotta she, be happy. <clears throat> she looked from great. No, from November of last year to now, what a turnaround for Jennifer Maya. That was awesome. What a time Unreal. to get your first, your, your first UFC finish, right? And that was that was awesome. Yeah, yep. Dana was impressed and said the right thing. So uh, next week, we're back again. And we'll get Tuesday night with the Contender Series. Bellator is back on Friday with a big card. Chandler versus Henderson, too. And then we got the UFC on Saturday. We got Lewis versus Olenek, Weidman versus Akhmadov, Darren Stewart versus Maki Patolo, Yana Kunitskaya versus Julia Stolyarenko. Yeah. Benil Dariush versus Scott Holtzman. Tim Means versus Laureano Staropoli. Nazrat Hachparast is back against Alex Munoz. Sanchez versus Wellington Terman. Justin Janes is back against Gavin Tucker. Yusuf Zalal, the loudest cornerman in UFC history, <laughs> is going to welcome New England's Peter Barrett to the UFC. And then Erwin Rivera is back welcoming Ali Al Kasai to the UFC. That's going to open things up at 135 pounds. So we get some fun fights on the horizon. Dude, and, that and, be- uh, that, and that Bellator card rules too. Don't don't. That's a real good Bellator, Bellator card. card. It's a nice Bellator card also. So Friday and Saturday is like. Luckily, we have no social lives. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I was gonna be uh, yeah. I mean, I, I had to turn down all these party invites because I'm I. There's such great fights, guys. So. Yeah, <laughs> we get so it's just so much going on. I'm so excited the Contender Series is back. I know that's like another night of covering fights, but I love, <laughs> love, love the Contender Series. That's a pleasure to cover. Absolutely. So yeah. that's coming as are as are eight fight cards. By the way, yes, eight fight <laughs> cards are great. But Contender Series five fights, boom, 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 in and out, two hours. See you later. I love it. So that's it. We have talked enough about uh, UFC Vegas five. It is almost 2 a.m. Eastern time, but uh, appreciate all the questions and the comments. And uh, we're just going to have to do a Shemayev hour every week <laughs> on MMA Fighting Live, and we'll answer all your uh, comms at Shemayev questions. So for E. Casey Lydon, for Alexander Kaylee, I am Drink Mike milk. Drink, drink milk. milk. It does, and, it does uh, a body good. It does a body Diet good. Coke too. Have unless, a good you're, unless you're lactose uh, intolerant, oat milk is great, guys. Try oat milk. I'm just saying. <laughs> Rice milk or almond milk. Yeah. All the milks. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Expand your horizons, bro. (laughs) You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the (laughs) No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. 
Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower.